generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Mark chapter 1 from verse 32. At evening, please follow with your Bibles if you can see that on the screen here. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all, somebody say all, who were sick and who were demon-possessed. And the whole city, watch that now, all, whole city. God wants us to graduate from a chair, a bench, a cluster, to all. Somebody say all. Say whole. Say city. The whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak. You see, this is also why you have to understand something. That when there is negativity in your life or in the world or in your space or your family, the first thing you want to do is to glorify God and magnify God. You don't want to give the demons license to speak. Whether it's in your heart or in your conversation. This is the reason the Bible says speak evil. It says do not speak evil of anyone. And then it says that the communication of your faith might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in you. So what you want to do is to give amplification to truth. Amplification to wisdom, to strength, to grace, to glory, to power. Because in the presence of God there is fullness of what? Joy. So amplify that. Jesus doesn't allow them to speak. You know, sometimes you go to meetings where there's exorcism and then the man of God is entertaining the demons. You know, they're having this conference. Who are you? Ah, who are me? <laughs> me are who? My friend talk. Who are you? <laughs> What's your address? <laughs> Do you want to go and pay visits? Say, <laughs> so we are many. We see that happen once in the Bible. Jesus did once, but he cast out many demons. And there's a reason that was done. I believe that the reason God allowed that is to show us the men when you're dealing with a demon-possessed person, you're dealing with the legion. Are you seeing that now? It is not the MO of the believer to entertain demonic conference or conversations. Look at somebody, say, don't put the demons on your WhatsApp call. He did not allow the demons to speak. They wanted to, he didn't allow them because they knew him. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Somebody shout, missions, here we go. This one's a shop, right? Missions, here we go. For context, the word tells us Jesus was ministering, casting out demons and all of that. He became a star in that space, in that environment. And most people these days will build something in that place that will ensure that they consolidate on their progress and their accomplishments and achievements. But when the disciples come telling him, everyone is looking for you, Jesus said, no, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying based on my past success or my previous success or ministerial accomplishment or what God has done through my life. He says, I must move. I must go. So the person who must walk with God must be willing to divorce themselves from their previous accomplishments from their previous successes, from the things that people already know you for, they hail you for, celebrate you for that. Jesus had every reason in the world. This was, uh, you know, in modern context, they would say he could have built permanent sites in this place. His ministry was flourishing. But it says, for this purpose, in other words, I am not success-driven, I am missions-driven. Are we seeing this? 
Spirit of the Most High God, we thank you. We give you praise and glory for such an amazing time. Thank you for immersing us in so much knowledge, wisdom, capacity, and understanding. Thank you for the last six, seven, eight weeks where you have stirred up our hearts in the eternal realities of your calling upon our lives. And Lord, we pray even as we consummate this series today that uncommon wisdom, supernatural wisdom, outrageous wisdom, wisdom that is not from this world, will not only be stirred up in our hearts, but it will soak and saturate our minds to the end that we will no longer be stuck at the previous level of achievement. But we'll be on the move with you, on tour with you, on military duty with you, in sync with you, in alignment with you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Missions, here we go. Now, what is a mission? That one right definition. A mission can be defined as an important assignment. An important assignment given to a person or a group of people. And typically, it involves traveling abroad. So, it's an important assignment. Uh, see, people that want to jack my life, hey, missions, here we go. Now, the traveling abroad doesn't necessarily mean for us as believers, because we're spiritual, it does not mean you relocate physically, but involves a relocation in your mind, in your preferences, in your perceptions, in your comfort zone. It is a relocation from the nest of predictable comfort. Into the ocean is the deep dive into the ocean of responsibility. And this is very important because without having a sense of mission, you will be what people used to call, if you remember back then in school, people they used to call NFA. No future ambition. Anybody heard that F NFA? Yeah, no Nigerian Football Association that became NFF, Nigerian Football Federation. Even though you might be tempted to feel like sometimes they share similar traits. You might be tempted. Mark my words, you might be tempted to feel. I mean, snakes are swallowing money and all of those kind of things. So. Right. NFA, or another expression people would use in some schools, lay about. Have you heard that expression before? Lay about somebody who just hangs around without a sense of mission. A mission is also the vocation, the vocation or the calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, and involves going out into the world and spreading their message. Going out into the world and spreading their message. So understand this. That God wants us to be mission-minded, an important assignment. The origin of man is rooted in God's heart for missions. Now, because for there to be a credible mission, there has to be a space or a field in which that mission is carried out, true or true. So that's why anytime you're thinking about a mission, you're going to think about a mission field. You're going to think about the mandate or the mission statement. And then you think about the mission field. So when God made man, he said, let us make man in our image after likeness and let them have dominion. And then he creates the space or the territory over the birds of the air, over the fields of the, over the beasts of the field and everything that crawls upon the face of the earth. So he gave Adam an assignment. Tend the garden, keep the garden proliferated. Look at somebody say, God has a special assignment for your life. Now, there are corporate missions, then there are also personal missions. The mission of the believer, the personal mission of the believer must be a subset of the corporate mission of God and of Christ for the world. Any mission you have, that does not find direct der derivative. It's not a direct derivative of the mission of God. Is selfish ambition. So whether it's a goal or target, an expectation, a deadline, something you're saying, oh, by 25, I'll be this. Or by 31, I'll be that. Or by 40, I'll have that. Or by 50, I'll build that. 
if it's not rooted in the word of God and the mission of God, not just the word of God, because you can use the word of God to drive your own agenda. How many of you know that's true? If it's not designed and defined by the mission of God, it is a selfish ambition. So there are two major categories of people in the world today, two major categories of people. Number one, there are people who are money-minded. And by money, I'm using money, but it's also material-minded. So materialism, humanism, fame, pop culture, it's all about the money. The proliferation of pornography is not just about destroying the hearts of people, even though that's also the ultimate agenda of hell, using that tool. But one of the major reasons there's a lot of stuff in pornography is that it makes certain people multimillionaires. It's a whole commercial field. It's a whole commercial transaction. And you find it also weaving its way into social media. Why? Because the whole game of social media is attention. So what gets more attention? A lady that is well-clad, decently presented, with a brain that is full of wisdom, or another one that might have empty head and coconut head, sorry, coconut head, as in it's K-O-K-O-N-O-T head. It's not head, it's cocoa. But because she has a, a big uh, frontal appendage, a uh, mammary gland, and the backside reminiscent of the name of a football club, Or uh, two football clubs, there's this and man, uh, right? Which one gets more attention? Is one the Manchester and the Arsenal? <laughs> Are you hear what I'm saying? And before you know it, you go Fulham to end up Bedford. Which one gets more attention? That other one. Which one then creates more wealth or more value for the tech platforms? That one. The one that shows the body parts and all of that, right? And which one advances the cost of hell more? Because the devil will pay you money to destroy the lives of people. Are you following this now? Watch that. So two categories of people, money-minded or mission-minded. Now, it is possible for you to be in church and not be fulfilling the mission of the Christ. Is that true or not? If a believer goes into a club or a brothel and the person is going there to take a prophetic action or to speak words of other atmosphere or to take that territory in the spirit, is the person fulfilling the mission of the club? But is the person in the club? Now, somebody don't adopt that as a cop-out. And so that's what I'm going to be doing now. So if anybody finds one, because I'm taking territories in the spirits. <laughs> Whilst you are drinking spirits, you say you are taking territories. Right? But is the, is the believer fulfilling the mission of the club? Similarly, a person can be in a, a, the four walls of a church or a church gathering, but the person is not fulfilling the mission of the church. True or true? So it's not enough to be a fan of Jesus. God wants you to be a partner with Jesus. Somebody say, I understand it. Mission-minded. Second category of people, the mission-minded people. So you have money-minded people. How do you know a money-minded person? Everything so comes all the way back to money. So a money-minded person does not mind coming to church. In fact, the person does not mind giving to church as long as the end game is that the reason I'm giving to my pastor is because God has promised to bless those who give. So what defines whether I'm money-minded or mission-minded is not my action, it's my intention. It's not my moves, it's my motives. It's not my external manifestation, it's my internal configuration. Are we seeing this now? Don't be so loud. So mission, somebody say mission. Now, because the enemy understands that God is so big on missions, guess what he does? He also grants people admission into the school of his own mission. He knows it's not about money. It's about missions. It's not about money. It's about missions. The money will come and respond to the mission. 
However, the money is not the mission. That's why the word says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses what? His own soul. So what does that mean? Is the world more important than souls or souls are more important than the world? Why? Why? Tell me. The world will end and the soul will remain. Yeah. Your souls are important to God. Awesome. Give me some more. Yeah. You're all right around the trajectory. Give me, give me. Don't doubt yourself. Be confident in the Lord. <laughs> because... Because the earth was made for man. So the earth is secondary in, important, secondary in importance to man. And we see that in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Why? The Bible says God had made the heavens and the earth, but he had not made any man. It says, therefore, the earth could not fulfill its ultimate potential because God had not made man and there was no mist, no rain that come upon the earth. So what did God do? God caused mist to come out of the earth and then he formed man, a soul. Man became a living soul. Therefore, watch this. Have you noticed something? No matter how beautiful a house is or a palace is, if there is no man inside that palace for a few weeks, months, or years, does it reduce in beauty or not? Even without anybody attacking it. It means the absence of mission-minded men is an attack against anything in which they are absent from. I need to explain that. You don't need to attack a building for it to decay or degenerate. Just take responsible men out of it. Are you getting it? The moment there are no responsible men, it will degenerate by itself. True or true? So anytime there is no kingdom-minded person or mission-minded person in a family, in an educational system, in a security system, in the economic system, in the academic environment, in the agro-allied industries, what will happen? Degeneration will, will happen. That's the natural result of that. Somebody say degeneration. Shout aloud to say degeneration. So God created man and that's why the enemy comes after man to recruit man. Watch that. He gives man admission into the school of his own mission. So what is the mission of the church? What is the mission of man? What is the mission of the believer, I should say, concerning the earth? I'm just laying a foundation. I'm going to preach. Maybe in this service or in the second service. Why should we understand that? Why? Because the earth is going to take the shape of the mission. Watch this. The earth will take the shape of the mission of its most committed occupants. The earth, no earth, no land ever takes the shape of its resources. A place does not take the shape of its resources. It takes the shape of the minds of his most committed influences. Are you following this? So we spent some time in, in a place called seashells. Seashells are a combination of about, I think, 114 islands, small islands. It's a combination of islands. They are off the main block of Africa. They do not have oil. <laughs> One of the cab men was just going on and on about how they import everything. They literally import everything. But the economy of that place is better than that of Nigeria that has, you can almost find precious stones in your backyard, in your village. If you dig hard enough, you're going to find something. Or you can start a vegetable plantation almost anywhere in, from the middle bell downwards. Now, Nigeria can buy seashells over and over and over again if we were to trade in terms of natural resources. Are you following this? But how many people have you heard in this world that said, I want to go on a refreshing vacation and I'm going to Djibouti? No offense to the... Talk to me. 
or wrong? Why do we think it's wrong? Places don't make themselves. Men make places what they become. This is key. No, no, let's, let's ask. How many people have you heard say, oh, I'm going on vacation. My vacation spot is Yaba. Sounds like error. Or hero. To emphasize it. So it's not about the potential. Watch that now. It's about the patterns created by the minds of the influencers. Are you seeing this now? A group of men got together. Some of you might have seen documentary. You should look for it and see it. Have you seen who's seen this documentary called The Men Who Built America? The Men Who Built America. They sat down. There was an agenda. Somebody say agenda. Shout aloud and say agenda. Shout and say missions. The Men Who Built America, they sat down and they determined what every aspect was going to look like. What the economic indices were going to like. What the infrastructural evolution was going to be like. What the banking systems would be like. How many of you know that for almost every country in the world, the central bank is actually not owned by the federal government? Are you aware? That the central bank is a group of private bankers. And to be, am I correct? Somebody know? Hey. How many of you know that in Nigeria today, the banking system is one of the most exploitative? You don't know? They send you email to collect money. You can't withdraw more than 10,000 naira. Have you wondered why? Because every time you withdraw, who gets paid? Oh, come on, talk right now. Do you remember there was a time you could withdraw up to 20K, I think at once? No, you can't withdraw more than that. Why? Because an economy will not take the shape of its potential. It will take the shape of the patterns created by the minds of his most committed influences. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Vegas, Las Vegas in America. Some people sat down and determined that this place was going to be the seat of entertainment. How many of you know that Celine Dion has not per performed publicly in how many years? Tell me. What's that our song? I had to go on. Song. In many years. Do you know what she performs? I don't know if the contract is still on. But she signed a five-year contract with a casino in Vegas that will pay her enough to lock her down for those number of years. Look at somebody say, what are you committing your life to? Some of you did not say. Some of you just slapped yourself like this. Look at somebody. Say, what exactly are you committing your life to? Watching my temper. Can't even scratch. <laughs> How many of you know that Apple has more money than every African economy? How many of you know that? Gee, am I right on that? What's their current capitalization? It's over a trillion dollars. Is it two trillion? Someone should check it. It's about two trillion dollars or something like that. A man sat down. Look at somebody say, you don't really know who you are, so let's help you. Look at somebody say, you are not, I'm not sure you really know who you are. Some of you did not look at anybody. Say, I am not sure you really understand who you are. Psalm 115 verse 16, Psalm 115 verse 16, it said the heavens, even the heavens that belong to God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So the people who determine the state of the earth are not just believers. As long as you are a man, you are licensed to shape the earth. The advantage of the believer is that he is licensed to shape the earth like God. That's the difference. The unbeliever is still licensed to shape the earth. But he will shape the earth the way he knows to. So let me ask you guys a question. Who has ever made Eba here? Eba muscle, muscle food. Eba Amola. 
pounded yam. You know there's a way you can make the amala. After you do the amala, just do, there's something called the igbako. Igbako. They scoop it like this, and then they can just splatter it on the plate. That's one way. There's another way they can do it like this. If you're experienced, and I, I saw my, my mom do this, they will sprinkle a bit of water on the plate. When you put the amala on top of it, it does not stick. You can even flip it like a burger. It lands on the other side, and it looks presentable. Method two, are you feeling me right now? No. Not the greatest cook, but once in a while I'm in the kitchen. Once, once in a very long. <laughs> and sometimes it ends up being burnt offering as a priest unto the Lord. <laughs> Method three: you take a bowl that has some depth, you sprinkle it, then you put it, then you do what? You roll it like this and flip it like this. By the time you see the eba, if you are not hungry, you feel like eating. Because the shape speaks to you. God has given man the authority to shape the eba of human experiences. But an unbeliever will shape it carelessly. The believer is called to shape it so that it looks like God's mind. This is the mission. And I'm going to show you from the word. See that. Someone five, I quoted that earlier. He says the heavens, even the heavens, they are the Lord's. But the earth, what has he done? Look at somebody beside you say, God has given you the earth. Now someone's going to be like, how come I can't afford a mattress? A mattress. To sleep where I'm squatting. Start from the premise first. God has given you what? The earth, but then there are billions of people. So if he has given you the earth, he has not given you the whole earth to supervise. What has he done? He has allocated territories and spaces and environments so that you are not overwhelmed, but you are aligned. Who remembers who went to a bottom house where you had to cut grass? There was something called labor. Labor. Ah, oh, see first hand. Tifa's like, you're very skillful in cutting the grass. Right? Label. So I think sometimes ladies they'll give them the sweeping assignments. This is the court. Ha! Ladies are like, don't count us out. <laughs> so guess what they would do? When they when they take maybe GS3B or whatever to the portion of field, are you gonna cut the grass of the whole school? No. What are you gonna do? They are portionates. That's why the Bible says that the earth he has given not to a child of men, but to the children. So every child has a portion. Look at your neighbor and say, what's happening to your portion these days? What's happening? What's happening to your portion these days? When you are cutting your own portion, Bukala, are you here? You, you travel temporarily like you were. Where to go? Burden house. Where to go? Seashells. <laughs> Is that your own portion? I'm going to continue in second service. I, I, I can't go as far as, as I want. I want to deal with the time. Well, when we look at the mission of God, it's a big, big, huge mission. But for us to understand what it should be for us and what God has called us to do, we have to look at what God did when it came into the earth, right? Who can tell you what his mission is better than him? Nobody. So he came to the earth. And don't forget that Jesus did not just come as the son of God. He came as the son of man. Only sons of God have access to the heavens. Only sons of men have access to the earth. What did Jesus call himself more than any other thing? The son of what? Man. Capital M, the son of mankind. In other words, I have license to do these things I'm doing. 
So Jesus healing the sick on the earth was what every man has been given license to do. Oh, am I getting somewhere now? Jesus, watch this. Jesus multiplying loaves of bread and fish is what any man who operates within the protocols of that result can do. Now, the fact that you can, any man, let me ask you, can any sane, intelligent man learn how to play the keyboard? Can you just walk up to the keyboard and play? No, because there are protocols that govern that, including what? Training. So training is a protocol for development. It's not a punishment for lack of performance. But we'll talk about that later. So it comes to the earth, and it's amazing. Let me ask you. Let me just make it be conversational. If I was to ask you, what did Jesus say his mission was on the earth? Anybody shout what you believe Jesus' mission was? To save. To seek and save the lost. Reconcile men to God. To do the will of the Father. To establish the kingdom of God. To die for our sins. Destroy the works of the enemy. So can you see this? Are we all correct? Are we all correct? Is anybody wrong? Are all of these things the same thing? Are they all exactly the same thing? Are you following this? But if we're saying Jesus came to do these things, are we correct? But are all these things exactly the same thing? Do you now see why you are not wrong or foolish or mad? When two years ago you said your assignment was this and two years now you said something else. I'm just delivering somebody right. Because the enemy wants you to feel confused and guilty. Just because you're in a different phase of your life's mission does not mean you are confused. To establish the kingdom of God, the man who will share in that kingdom had to be sought and saved. Look at something, you're not confused. You just need to understand the mission. See, when they say, you put salt, you know, you put, uh, uh, let, me, let, let me use salt. I'm not a medical scientist or food nutritionist, but someone help me. When you put salt in soup, right, they're going to say that it's just a season. Is that it? But how many of you know there are other purposes of salt? Other things that it does for the body. Now, when it does those things for the body, is it wrong or is it outside of its purpose? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your purpose is so big and so robust. That's the reason you get confused almost every time you're trying to define yourself in one line. How can you define eternal evolution in a language that is time-bound? Are you understanding what I'm saying? How can you fulfill all that God has in just a sentence that was created by English language that is just a few hundreds of years old? When the Bible says God said eternity in your heart. Look at somebody say, I'm a man in progress. I'm a man on the move. I'm a woman on the move. Help me look for somebody. Don't just stay where you are. Say there is so much more. That's why sometimes I struggle. That's why sometimes I'm wondering. That's why sometimes I'm not sure what to tell you. That's why sometimes, because there is so much. Jesus, listen, because people try to box you and the enemy tries to hurt you. Because if Jesus says, watch this, if all is said is I've come to seek and save the lost, why are you multiplying loaves of bread and fish? Just grow up and go and die. Are you getting what I'm saying? If it's just to destroy the works of darkness, why are you walking on water? That doesn't destroy it. That superimposes it. Superimposes a superior power over. Are you seeing what I'm saying? 
So the believer should not get stuck trying to define their life's purpose. But the believer should get lost advancing God's mission. Because your purpose is inferior and minuscule to the mission. The mission is the bigger thing. And therefore, if the mission is well known, my purpose will evolve over time and my assignments will be fulfilled. Because I will become what I need to become for the mission to be fulfilled. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you getting this now? So we see Paul. Paul says, I'm an apostle. And everybody's like, hey, you're apostle, apostle. Then he says, I'm a wise master builder. I said, when do you become an architect? If my mission requires architecture, I become architects. Are you getting it? The problem with people is that they don't understand the mission. So they find everybody's purpose attractive enough to change their minds about their own purpose. Because I don't understand the mission. So I see baby girl, you know, sort of like strumming the gears. I'm like, ah, it looks so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like to, to have that crush on me. Let me go and learn the guitar. Well, maybe my purpose is not to learn the guitar. Maybe my assignment is to be able to write the melodies that he then interprets on the strings. Are you seeing that now? Now, Jesus, and you can go and do your studies on and on and on. Got to close with this. But there are about 10 to 12 things Jesus said, I came for this. This is my purpose. This is why I'm here. For this reason was I born. I'm like, ah, Jesus, can you just choose one? <laughs> and I'll give you scriptural verses. If we had time, we'll read them. But let me just cite a couple of them. Number one, to fulfill the law and the prophets. Nobody even said that. He came there to fulfill the law and the prophets. He came to do that. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. He said, I came to, I didn't come to abolish the law. So I came to fulfill the law. Media walk with me. To fulfill the law and the prophets. Number two, to save the people from their sins. 1 Timothy 1.15. 1 Timothy 1.15. He said, and, and Paul was the one writing. He said that Christ came to save man from his sins, of whom I am chief. Number three, to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 20, verse 28. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for So he actually came to serve as well. Are you seeing that? Number four, to save men's lives. Luke chapter 9 verse 56. Thank you for the speed. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives. Don't let's go there again today. Fall down and die. He didn't come for that. He said to do what? To save them. And they went to another village. You can all see that in John chapter 3 verse 17. He did not come covenant are you here. What are you thinking? <laughs> to save men's lives. Number, number 5. To do the will of the Father. John chapter... Sorry, I repeated the number. John chapter 6 verse 38. To, it said, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Are you seeing all this? Jesus said, I did not come but to do this. That means that Jesus came to do many things. Follow that. Look at somebody beside you and say, you are here to do many things. Please say with some conviction. Say this world will hear about God's exploits in you. You are here to do many things. But I'll tell you how it fits in, particularly in the second service. All those many things, they are inside one thing. Can I ask you a question? As you are here now, are you doing many things or not? The way you are. What are the many things you're doing? Tell me. You are listening. As you are listening, is it stopping you from seeing? Is it stopping your lungs from breathing? Is your blood still flowing? Is your kidney purifying the body fluids? Is your stomach digesting it? That means you're already doing many. The difference between those who are productive for the kingdom and those who are not is not the number of things they do. It's the systems they have in place to ensure the many things are getting done without anything breaking down. 
I'm overwhelmed. I'm doing many things. It's not because you're doing many things. It's because you don't have systems. Kingdom systems. That align with the kingdom mission. And some of those things you're doing, they are completely useless to the kingdom. So you need to stop doing them. Are you seeing? <laughs> Number six. He says, I came for this cause. He says, yes, you are right. I am a king. And for this cause have I come into the world. To do what? Bear witness to the truth. Number seven. From that same scripture as well. He came to be a king. Came to reign as a king. To rule as a king. Number seven. So you are right. I'm a king. You have said rightly I'm a king. Number nine. Number eight, sorry. He came to destroy the works of the devil. First John 3 verse 8. For this purpose was son of man made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Came to destroy the works of the devil. Number nine. Am I on to number nine now? Guess what? This one is very sweet. He came to taste death for every man. Look at this. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. The reason he was made a little lower than angels and that little lower is not in ranking in the spirit is about the physicality as in his form. The, the body of man in its natural state is inferior to the body of angels. They're made of superior material. So he was given the form, this inferior flesh, right? I don't think you, you're going to say, and he just, ah, like Gabriel, ah, my girl's like, what happened, what happened, what happened? Ah, a cloud just scratched me. I'm bleeding, I have a boil. I'm not sure you're going to see Angel Michael, so maybe that's Angel Fatai or Angel Kafai or Angel Jumoke or something. Right? They're made of superior material, right? So they can glide through things and move through certain, right? They said it was made little lower than that to suffer the sufferings of death. Crown now, he is crowned with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, might do what? That means that death has a taste. But for the believer now, there is no taste in death. Look at somebody say, I lost my taste in death. See, the taste of death is acquired taste. Acquired through sin. Come on, can I preach right now? He said, Jesus tasted death. Do you know what it means? The believer has no fear of death. Some of you are still afraid. Why are you afraid? You acquired it by watching Abijawarabeku and Fade Oloro and, and Kotoaye and. Give me, I don't know, give me more. <laughs> what? Erayao <laughs> Shobu. And all these things that the enemy uses the media to put, put, put in people's minds. Jesus said concerning Lazarus, our friend, our brother Lazarus is sleeping. And we are going to do what? Can I ask you a question? How many of you before you sleep? Oh, oh, before you sleep. That's, that's what happens every night before you sleep. Oh, I'm about to sleep. I can't believe it. Oh, oh, boom, boom, like, like your heart. Boom, boom. I'm about to sleep. So what's wrong with you? I'm about to sleep. Are you following that? Does that happen to you? If it does, let's pray for you now. When you want to sleep, what happens? You lie down and... By the mercy and the grace of God, your transition out of here will be drama-free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not going to be palpitating, run up and down. Where you'll be lying down or sitting, whatever posture you like. Some of you might even be glammed up. You know, like some of you are fashionistas. You wear your... <laughs> then you update your status. Now we're Jesus. See you in glory. That is the transition of the believers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said he tasted death for every one. 
He tasted death for everyone. In other words, I'm not tasting death. Jesus already did that. What am I doing? I'm sleeping. What am I doing? I'm chilling. What am I doing? I'm sleeping. Hey. Why is this important? I'll teach it better in the second service. Because watch this. When you are joining the military, when you become a missions person, joining the military, NMA, NMS, NDA, do you write and sign your death warrant or not? They say if anything happens to you, no liability will be upon the government. True or false? This is a shadow of the initiation into kingdom mission. Kingdom mission says you die before you start. Are you getting it? So you have to crucify yourself before you even start. He's tasted death for everyone. Let me tell you something. If you're afraid of death, it's because of ignorance and misinformation or not setting your face on Jesus. Because the same way you lie down on your bed, close your eyes and you sleep. And when you sleep, you're not wondering, oh, 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 this one. Is it? No! He said those who sleep in Jesus, said they will rise with him again. So all those things that Jesus came to do, there are many things, but you can call them assignments. Assignments are different from mission. The assignments are the steps you take as part of your commitment to the mission. This is the reason a lot of people get confused when it comes to purpose. They are defining their purpose by the assignment. Your assignment is not your purpose. Your purpose is bigger than your assignment. Are you getting it? So you go to Unilag, the greatest school in Nigeria. See, there's no contest. It's nobody even said anything. And you have examinations, right? Is the examination the purpose of the students? Is it? You have term papers. Is the term paper the purpose of the student? You have homework, assignments. Are the assignments, are they the purpose? What is the purpose of the student? So that's the problem. The Nigerian student thinks his purpose is to graduate. That's not his purpose. Oh my God. Somebody talk to me. This is the same way many believers think their purpose is to graduate spiritually. So they want to impress God and score high enough marks so he can promote them. So that there will be a service, God will promote you. Amen, everybody will be there. But that's not the purpose. The purpose of the student is not to graduate from the school. The purpose of the student is for something in them to graduate through the school so they can manifest on a higher level beyond that which they would have been able to do without passing through the systems of the school. So the purpose of education is not to add more knowledge, but to invest knowledge to expose what you're already carrying. It's called educaro, which means to draw out what was already there. Are you understanding? So when you come, Magarabada, so when you come to church, the purpose is not to graduate to a new level of holiness. The purpose is the kingdom. And that's why it says, don't let anybody deceive you when they say the kingdom is here or the kingdom is there. What did it say? It said the kingdom is where? Within you. So the reason the church exists is to resource you with the light of the Christ so that the wisdom, that the kingdom you're carrying within you can find consistent expression everywhere you go. That's why the Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulder and to the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end. Look at Somebody say, I'm not going to the kingdom. I already carry it. Some of you don't sound like you really understand what I'm saying right now. Get somebody, get out of your seat and say, I'm not going to the kingdom. I'm already carrying the kingdom in a certain dimension, in a certain dose, in a certain capacity. And I'm going to manifest the fullness at the right time. Got to close. How do I know the purpose of the kingdom? Because all these things are subsets of the kingdom. Now, how do you also know what the main thing is? If the lecturer comes to you and says, just study. Let me use, I don't want to use my 
They say, just study the ecological landscape of marine plant life. That's what the, the lecturer says, study. The ecological landscape of marine plant life. And I said, okay, there's plants, there's life, there's marine, there's ecology. And I start studying plant life. Am I likely to pass the course? Am I likely? No, tell me, am I likely? No, because there is the ecological landscape of marine plant life. But if I just stay with the plant life and I stay there, will I pass the course? No, because there's plant life on the mountain top, isn't there? There's plant life inside mud. So that's what happens when people isolate one of the purposes of Jesus or assignments of Jesus and build a whole movement around it. However, if I study the ecological landscape of marine plant life, will I understand more about plant life? About marine science? About landscape? About ecology? That's the kingdom. How do you know? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God. And all those things to seek and save the lost. To taste death for everyone. To do this. I didn't give you guys the last one, did I? Number 10 is that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Have life and have it more abundantly. All those other things will be added. Because what God is building on earth is the kingdom. The mission is not money. The mission is not fame. The mission is not popularity. The mission is not ascension. It's not promotion. It's not new children. It's not new babies. It's not new wife. New husband. The mission is the kingdom. Every other thing feeds it. See, you can't say, you know what? I don't care what I eat in this world. I don't care. I'm a human being. I'm, I'm an adult. I can do anything I want. I don't care what I eat in this world. All I know is that me, me as a person, I take care of my kidney. I can eat junk. But when it comes to my kidney, I fix it. If you check my kidney, you're going to crush on it. <laughs> no, you can't say that. Are we seeing this now? L to the T to the LT. L to the T to the LT. L to the T to the LT. To the 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 Good to see again. Again, 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 again. I'm hearing this song. Let me finish my message. <laughs> so, so people say, oh me, when it comes to sanctification, ah, don't touch that one. That's my area. You, you think God didn't know what he was saying? Seek. Do you know what it means to seek? If I'm telling you to seek, it means number one, the kingdom is not as conspicuous as you think. It's hidden in plain sight. Like most of the mysteries you need. You can see, but you can't see except somebody who can see better than you shows you how to see it. So it says, anybody that will inherit the kingdom must come like what? A child. Even if you're a professor of sanctification, when it comes to kingdom, drop it somewhere and come and start seeking. Say, but I have three BSs in demonology. Ah. Uh -uh. You used 12 years to study demons. Where will you have time to study the Christ? Say, so me, I'm the father of the kingdom. <laughs> I can cast out anything and anyone. Oh God, come now, come and study the kingdom. Jesus never said, seek ye first sanctification. He never said it. He never said, seek ye first holiness. He never said it. He never says, seek ye first impartation of gifts. What is said was, I will not have you ignorance. In other words, you need this one too. What is said, seek, people are not seeking. The one is said will be added, so let's go and look for it. So you're about to lose the main cause because you're running after dessert. Some of y'all didn't get that. 
seek first. In other words, there are other things, but seek first kingdom of God. And you see, a lot of people they say, hey, but he said it's righteousness. That, that righteousness is you must seek righteousness in Christ. No, it didn't say, and your righteousness. He's. Do you know what that means? What he considers right, not just nature. In the second service, I'll show you the four stages of, of every mission, of any kingdom mission. If any of those four things is missing in a house, the house has not come to fullness. And if any of this four is what people build around, that house is incomplete. There are four stages. Of any, they can use any words, any labels, any acronym for it in their own space. But if it's not there, it's not a complete house. And I'll show you from the Bible. So why do we gather every Sunday? Oh yeah, I gather because, oh, my pastor, oh my God, my pastor, my pastor, present. Oh Lord, the music is amazing. That's great, but that's not why we gather. I'll tell you why we gather in the second service. It was an introduction in the service. Hope somebody got something. Got a close. Can you just say this where you are? Place your hand on your chest or your head or make contact with your body and say, Lord, show me more. I don't just want to, you know, while away time and go through life and all of that and I'll also show you, John Diesel, I'll show you in the book of Acts. Do you know the message disciples were preaching? It was the kingdom. There's only one place that Paul said, Paul said, I determined amongst you not to preach anything but Christ and him crucified. He was speaking to the Corinthian church because from the outcome of their lives, it was very clear that they did not, they were not firmly rooted. And therefore, the fruit of fornication that was coming was not coming from a deep understanding of the Christ. That's where he said that. So the Galatians said, you've started out in Christ and you're about, it says, stand fast. But after you stand, you have to walk. After you walk, you have to fight. Those are militant kingdom responsibilities. They're not baby fun, elementary stuff. Father, we commit ourselves again to this mission of the kingdom. This is what you desire. This is what you're about. And you're not about it as a dictator to dominate, to command and conquer. But you're that benevolent father who really delights in having people participate in fellowship and in sweet engagement and partnership. So Lord, we just thank you because you're going to expound on this in all of our hearts. You will use the metaphors, the pictures, the imagery, the examples, the concepts, the thoughts, the words that we can understand. You will do the sweet Holy Spirit for that is your ministry to take off the Christ and to materialize in our hearts and in our lives. But I pray for everyone that they begin to find their place. No longer will they be stuck in circles and dizzy in circles trying to define their purpose with time-bound language, something that was invested from eternity's past. But that we will be very fluid in your hand like Jesus in the text that I must go to those other cities also. For this reason did I come. The Father, you help us to understand the evolution of assignments without the confusion of purpose. You help us to understand, oh God, the full dictates and context, the parameters, the outlines, the blueprints, the shades, the nuances, all of the details required for our lives not to be wound around daily survival or the attainment of portfolios and titles, but for the propagation of the kingdom, the manifestation of your essence, the deployment of your resources, and the glory of your name. We give you praise, Lord, because that which you have started, you continue in our hearts. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can your amen be loud and stronger? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org.
and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.